In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Welcome in to episode 3A of the Gospel Friends. I'm David. I'm Chase. And I'm Nick. We're really going to leave it like that, aren't we? I just, I mean, look, at this point. Take one, take two. Yeah. Take three. If we had a blooper segment, we would, it'd be filled up at this point. Look, I really do, I do need to get some greatest hits off the bloopers, off the intro stuff. Um, we are glad to have you in with us today. Um, don't know how you found us, but I want to give you a couple other ways to contact us. If you find something either you like and wanted to talk about, or you think we are utterly wrong on, um, just for my friend David, we're going to call Twitter the Twitter. And if you'd like to contact us, we are at my gospel friends. Cause we'd like to be your friend. If oh. you want to... <laughs> It's just so heartwarming. Okay. Um, On Facebook, we've got a group that we call the Hall of Dogma because that's where we're broadcasting from. And uh, we would love to start a discussion with you on a myriad of topics in there. If you want to email us directly, you can hit us up at thegospelfriends at gmail.com. Or if voicemail is your preference, you can hit us up at 205-575-9735. And we've actually had some feedback from this week we're going to hit up in just a second. Once we... Thank Sean. Sean Sean Lombard. Uh, who uh, you can contact over Facebook, but also think SeanLombard.com. I know a couple of weeks ago you guys were saying that you had a little issue with that, but I got to his website yeah, just working. fine. So I think that perhaps you were just having some issues typing. Well, it was the uh, Gospel Friends effect that kind of was pulling the show down, all our fans going there live. But looks like it's beefed up at servers. It's going to do okay now. Sean Lombard, L-O-M-B-A-R-D.com, and he does our intro and outro music. Thank um, you, buddy. Actually, I think he recorded it for other purposes, and we are borrowing it for intro and outro but he didn't realize he was recording it for us but he was authorized borrowing yes yes he's working on a new live worship album i believe thunder on the mountain so sean all of his stuff is good so we have uh, a lot of feedback this week am i am i wrong there all of it positive right you got mail (laughs) ding wait can we do that is is that cool Today? It's probably copyrighted. No, I'm I don't, sorry. 1943. AOL. Would it be copyrighted? Good old AOL. Trademarked, actually. We have listener feedback, so we do know there are some people out there. <laughs> some people, for better or worse. to the show. On four continents, I believe. Four, four whole continents? Yes. Hey, look, I was, last week I'd have just taken, like, you know, four streets or something. The so. show is exponentially growing. I do know or that. Growing uh, a little bit, at least. So some of the feedback we had uh, 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 Matt Redman. Um, British we, worship leader, Matt we, Redmond, who's a big fan of the show. Not, I don't not believe the same guy. Not oh, that Matt Redmond. Are you guy. kidding? I thought we were dealing with a celebrity nah, here. No, no, no. Oh, crap. All right, I you can read it anyway. at Matt Redmond on Facebook. I'll check <laughs> He's going to love that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Matt Redmond with a D. And uh, an O. Yes. And but, an O. Uh, now he, and he, from America. He was talking – He. His, some of his feedback was that our music taste was horrible, and uh, so hey, we wait, were. See, I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> it's actually Matt. If you're going to call us out, you better believe be Look, a celebrity. In, in fairness, the the guy he pointed to, I have I have the utmost respect for. Uh, so yeah, there was a um, that was uh, yes at Matt Redmond. Matt B. Redmond, but at Matt Redmond on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we, we were ta- talking a little bit about the music last week. I think we did like a segment on uh, Nick wanted to take us. Nick wanted to talk about music, and we took it down a road of uh, sad country songs. 
Well, and, look, um, that's that's what got me on the music thought. It was not the only songs that I had thought of, but we ended up living there because, yeah. better or worse, it's Matt did it's ask key. a question back. He said if he said um, to ask what would be. Uh, for you, a music you would recommend for believers, but we're not talking about the mainstream guys. So n- no Chris Tomlin, no Hillsong, just just uh, but but music for believers. Other than that, he he threw one out. Matt's was Bill Maloney. 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 Oh, come on, get with the program. Yeah, I re- well, okay. And what'd you say it was Maloney? Maloney. Maloney. All right. Well, anyway, he used to be. Guy. I think he's the front man for. Um, Vigilante's a well. That's right. How do you know I don't have it right? Have you ever met him and talked to him in person? No, I asked Samuel about it this week because Samuel may be as big a fan of Bill as that matters. All right, Bill M. Bill M. Uh, I'm going to throw out for me would be a guy named Matt Kearney who is. You're talking about him this week. Yeah, uh, Matt is a. He's kind of a crossover guy. He's a Christian and he does a lot. A lot of his songs end up on the Christian. Uh, charts, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, some of the songs end up on the pop charts too, and that would probably give some of my friends heartburn. Um, you know, what are you going to be, Christian or pop? But the guy's a Christian, loves Jesus, and uh, has a good testimony, and I like his music, and, and his music to me has a good message. So Matt Kearney would be mine. K E A R N E Y, I believe. Matt with one T. That's right. Uh, I'll throw out uh, a new guy that's really um, stirring up a lot of stuff and taking the world by storm. His name is George Beverly Shea. Uh, totally non-mainstream, but um, really, really newfangled, cutting edge. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's Billy Graham's worship leader. Uh, I was, yeah, I was you know, going, look, what I'm looking happened? up to find it very way over my head. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's old school. I, I'll yeah, give you a couple say. of names. I really like uh, Phil Wickham. Uh, I like Phil. Him. His brother Evan is is good as well. Uh, I like Jason Upton as a worship leader a lot. Like he he gets Upton. out there a little bit. But... I throw the mainstream card on Upton, but go ahead. Okay, well, let me give you one that's not mainstream. Matt Papa, a guy who I like, I've had yeah. real life Twitter interactions with, and a very cool <laughs> y'all like dude. BFFs and everything. Well, I wouldn't go Sorry. that far, but uh, he's a cool, dude. Mine is going to be Dustin Kinsrew. He's one of um, the Mar- in Christendom. Yeah. He's probably becoming more aware, but. Um, he's one of the Mars Hill worship leaders over in Seattle. He used to be, I don't know if he was the front man or just a member of the band Thrice, um, and he is now an out-and-out worship leader. It's funny, I um, I listened to a couple of songs of his, and I bought the album, played a couple of them for our friend Samuel, who's also a worship leader, and um, he liked it enough that he bought the album, and um, I hadn't gotten through the album before Samuel did, and I, I came back to him a couple days later. I was like, wow, buddy. I, some of those songs kind of caught me off guard. Um, they are overtly like Calvinist worship songs. And um, Sammy was like, yeah, I was wondering when you're going to get to the. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty funny. Um, but his 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 sound is, is good. It's one of those that will kind of catch you um, looking, and then you're just hooked. Well, one of, the, one of the things I do music-wise is every November I collect uh, Christmas music. Oh, I, yeah. have, I have probably two or 3,000 Christmas Amazon MP3s, and Dustin Kindrew has several. Does he uh, really? Yeah, I've, I've oh. been following him for years because of his Christmas music. Good stuff. Worth that. checking out. Yeah. Making a note. Phil Wickham also has Does just some of the best Christmas music out there. That song Beautiful by him is great voice cool it seemed like a really cool dude he and his brother both and matt papa is like you know some guys uh, that do music you're like well i wonder if this guy really is a believer or he's more of a musician right. and i'm sure i'll hear from the musicians for asking a stupid <laughs> non-music guy question like that but matt papa is sold out for jesus matt's the um we did a video of did, his yes. what was that about I, it was about the uh, for, uh the lamb who was slain declare yeah, the uh, 
received the, the reward uh, of a suffering. Hernhut guys. What there was the go. name of that song? Because that's one of my. That, that's a great song. I think it was "Let the Lamb Who Was Slain Receive the Reward of a Suffering." That was the. Uh, that's what it was based on. That's what it was based on. But I don't. But he. The, oh, he, I thought he had that. May lyric the Lamb of God receive. I believe that's the name of the song. Okay. Yeah. Look, if you, if you Google suffering. anything in that, it's it's beautiful. Go look. Yeah. Go look that up. Matt Papa and the video. Uh, oh, the reward of his suffering. Great, great video. Yeah. He actually did a Kickstarter. I don't know if they're still new, doing the Kickstarter, but. Um, he's trying to record a live record, and he had a Kickstarter. So, um, Google will be your friend on that as well. well Let's so put that in the show to, notes. Uh, thanks to Matt Redman for the uh, the uh, disparaging our musical taste, which probably is is uh, is deserved, except for the uh, you know Garth because we Garth the man. But other than that, by the way, uh, Matt, I don't like country music. I just was going along, and good job on writing Ten Thousand Reasons. Good song. Really? Really? <laughs> Do we have any other listener feedback? Uh, did you guys have any other listener feedback? How's the... It doesn't have to be positive, right? Oh, nah. Look, okay. at this point, it's just like feedback. Hey, at least someone's listening. Well, part of you know, I, we wouldn't have gotten this, this response had I um, I configured the website fully, but um, we had someone that, that didn't think um, he would like his 15 minutes back. Um, after listening to us, he he has a very religious background. He Wait was a minute, so, we go for an hour and a half. Well, <laughs> not for this gentleman. Okay. Um, hoping for something interesting. Uh, even the use of the Hitler quote in the Bible reference um, was intentional indoctrination of the vulnerable young. Um, Wait, yeah, we, we were against that, dude. Yeah, well, Wait, you know, we were we were we were trying to indoctrinate someone with the Hitler. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I didn't quite anyway. If you can um, listen to the gospel friends and come away thinking we're fans of Hitler, you are listening out the wrong side of your mouth. Wait a minute. <laughs> what did you I don't just even say? know what that means? You realize later on in this comment he said the silliness, drunkenness approach left him wondering WTF, so we may not be helping our case right now. You know right, what? Well, look, we weren't drunk. <laughs> no, we weren't. Look, that's kind of the whole I don't know who the guy is, and I don't want to... Well, we do know he was an atheist. His name's Jeff. Um, All right, well, look, and I, Jeff, I appreciate you listening. I really do. Giving us 15 minutes, that's... Seriously, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, look, if you see the podcast is called Gospel Friends, I'm assuming you know right now we're not the upper echelon of of, of <laughs> stuff shirt seriousness. I think we cover I that mean, in the intro. It's kind of like, did you? Li- if you listen to the intro, you, you probably know right away... That we're not all about just uh, just being um, serious. Uh, yeah. Ser- yeah, I mean, look, we are serious at times. It's kind of the whole point uh, of the, the the show is that there's a time to be serious and talk Absolutely. about serious things, and we try to do that on the show. And I think we'll do more of that on the show. But you can talk about religion and theology and deep things and deep truths and have fun. I you agree. can do that, and it doesn't have to be all, um, you know, Oxford. Librarian like. Yes. Well, in the do pre- we get to smoke a pipe if we do that? Yeah, but I don't think if I think of Oxford, I think guys smoke. We can't pipes, smoke a pipe in the Hall of Dogma. It's not allowed. Well, because the Hall of Dogma is also next to a church building. Yes. So. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Hey, I do have a question, uh, please. Because knowing Jeff is is an atheist during the pre-show, which most people <laughs> aren't going to get to hear, somebody made the comment. One of the inner circle gospel oh, friends made the comment. You have people, Chase, following us on Twitter that aren't even Christians. So uh, right. I just was wondering what you guys think about I don't, look, this show as, as, as reaching more than hardcore biblical Do not disparage my friend evangelical, Nick. Evangelical I'm sure believers. Nick did not mean anything bad by that at all. 
when he said if it. You I'm sure write, he didn't either because I'm pretty sure Nick didn't say it. If you need to write Jeff back and say, hey, buddy, I want, we, we only want Christians listening no, to this show. Do, want, is that what we want to communicate? No, I want all people to listen to the show. It was just more of a shock hey, come on, and all thing. I, as the Twitter commander, had only gotten 17 followers. Twitter commander. Look, and, as of last week's and show, one of you them had was 10 me. followers. I had 10 followers. Yes, who was followers. the 10th follower? That was Nick. That's right. I got one. I got one. And so Chase you know, did the Chase thing this week and emailed me and said, hey, do you mind if I work on the Twitter uh, account a little bit? And I said, sure, go ahead. As of today, we have 110 followers. So Chase went out there and worked his Chase voodoo. And, uh, and but it was it was more of just uh, wow hey we even have people following us that aren't Christian well we I sure hope they out. don't hear the gospel because that could wow. be really dangerous you know wow. what I don't even know if I can say what I'm thinking hey are you guys drunk you probably can't <laughs> no but I can tell you who are <laughs> or who is I don't understand by the way why he thought we were drunk no we're just silly. What is silly? Well, he didn't like the drunken silliness. Very Drunk clearly, we are just Everybody silly. likes drunken silliness. Have you watched a movie lately? Very clearly, we're just silly. Hey, I, I'll give you that. For some strange reason, somebody in work this week was chatting about the new Dumb and Dumber movie. And I, I really want my two minutes back from watching that preview. Well, better than Jeff, who wasted 15. There you go. Hey, fair <laughs> enough. Fair anyway, enough. We, we're going to get to, uh, by the way, uh, another Are You Guys Drunk segment. But first, what's coming up today? Guys. Oh, let's see. I've got uh, my segment is a new one. It's called Theology Nerds, and we're going to talk about things in the world of Christendom that only appeal to seminarians and faux seminarians and that sort of people, and maybe to you, too. But we are going to do other stuff, so don't click us off just yet. <laughs> well, we got tired of all this criticism we were getting that we weren't going deep enough or being smart enough, and so <laughs> I thought I'd overreact to it. Good job. We're going to talk today about do fairy tales, encouraging fairy imagination. Fairy tales? Wait a minute. That doesn't sound very serious. Do fairy tales, encouraging imagination, help or hurt a child's belief in God? Oh, that's oh, interesting. That's I've okay. heard. Okay. That's going to yeah, be fun. So that'll be fun. I'm actually going to keep mine a little bit closer to this because I have take it or leave it, and I... I'll just say this: The Simpsons on, uh, The Simpsons on homosexuality. That's my my. I hope we have a Simpsons trivia contest because I believe I would destroy my opponent. Are they still the making The Simpsons? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Still making. That is a rich, rich man. Hey, by the way, we do uh, we do intend uh, hopefully for people to listen to the entire show, but we realize that some of the silliness may not be for everybody. Uh, and if it's not, you that's why we do this What's on Tap for today. You can use your magic little podcast button and skip ahead to the parts that you like. You could do that. You Rather, could, but you shouldn't. You, you need should just to lighten to up show. and enjoy life. <laughs> All right. Wow. Hey, Chase are you voice drunk? Encouragement today. Let me ask you guys a question. What should be the, uh, let's say, the number one characteristic of your church if you decide to call it friendly? Friendly church. Oh, boy. What Kindness. Would, Okay, kindness. That would Nick. You got anything? Friendly church should you should be friendly. Hey, hey, let's try that. Okay. So we're doing this segment. Are you guys drunk? Would you this like is a kind of a lighthearted look. Drunkenness is bad. Drunkenness is sinful. You shouldn't get drunk. And so, just a lighthearted look around the news today, and highlighting stories about people who. Hey, were you drunk when you did this? So uh, let me just interrupt you briefly, David, do. on this. I understand we're going to be talking about a pastor who carries a pistol in our city. Yeah. Is that wise? Well, I guess we could talk about that. 
I don't know. Does I don't want him to church? come here and shoot us up because we are, you know, <laughs> what same what city, just right? happened? Oh, wait, you're asking, is it wise for us to talk about it? Yes. I don't know. What if he hears the show and he's like, well, I'm going to go shoot those guys because I know where they are. All right, I'm not going to name. Okay, w- let's, not talk about any, just, let's not talk about any of the names in the story. How about that? He said the name of the church. All right, it's Friendly Church. Well, friendly not, Church. So Friendly oh, Church. In North Carolina. Yeah, Friendly Church has a pastor. And uh, the uh, Friendly Church decided to fire said pastor. And uh, that's sad. I mean, look, that happens, and, and I don't know why that happened. I don't know what led – well, maybe I do know after reading the story, but <laughs> they decided to fire the pastor. Guesses. And so the pastor actually said, yeah, you, you just can't do that. He was fired by some of the deacons of the church and uh, trustees, and they fired him. And so the pastor just said, no, don't think we're going to do that. And so he actually fired the deacons and trustees and put other people in their place as deacons and trustees, people that supported him. And, wow. and his quote was, no one can fire him but God. And so uh, we've had some tough times, unfriendly times at uh, the Friendly Church. And uh, <laughs> the, the, one of the, the attorney, so apparently the fired deacons went out and got an attorney. And the attorney uh, says that um, in, the, uh, in the Baptist world, um, in the Baptist world, deacons and trustees uh, run the church, not the pastor. Not in all of the Baptist world. No, but uh, that's uh, – he says that in most Baptist churches, deacons and trustees run the church. Right. And so, uh, and so yeah, but the pastor refuses to leave, and so he fired the deacons and trustees. The deacons and trustees went and got uh, an attorney, and now they're suing to try to get control of the church back. And I believe that the church has uh, suspended Sunday services until the uh, – courts can decide the matter there's a lot of different angles that we could take on yeah. this um i it's just not good all the way around i i'm just you know this just makes ab- me sad i'm thinking about the passages to talk about don't sue yeah. fellow christians in the faith because yep. um that would uh if you do that you're looking puzzled you don't you're not familiar with that passage i, I am that's a good okay passage. yeah and 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 because you shouldn't take it to a secular court to decide church matters shouldn't sue fellow brothers and sisters well i yeah i'm a little Um, surprised that the deacons went and got an attorney here's i've been in ministry for a long time close to 20 years actually 20 years exactly here's how i really think you should handle the situation i'm going to quote uh a uh, notable authority on the issue of conflict management and he says you want to know how to get your enemy they pull a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And so if the pastor has a gun, the deacons need to have more guns, right? Um, where, who, who, who was that from? Well, that's from the Untouchables. <laughs> I just thought that would, I mean, this is Actually, open conflict, there was right? a, Wow. There was a, we did that. There was real. a story from our town uh, not too long ago, a couple years ago. This is our town. Do you remember that? Faith Today? We did a story about the uh, the the pastors and the deacons that got into the fight. I do remember that. He and pulled a knife. He pulled a knife out. Wow. Hey, hey, in all seriousness, Jesus prayed for unity in his church. And this sort of thing is just such a – it's such a tragedy to have this kind of garbage I'm just going to say Lord, that I – I don't want to. This is a fellow, uh, this brothers and sisters in Christ at uh, Friendly Church, and uh, I, this is no way really. Even though we're doing a lighthearted segment here, uh, this is a sad situation. And uh, I would say that I personally think this personal view. Um, it's better to me to walk away from a situation like that, whether it's the pastor walking away or the deacons and trustees walking away. 
um, rather than pull the the name of Christ through uh, through the uh, the media this way and and uh, the name of the church uh, through the media this way, going through the dirt. That's just uh, my fault. I mean, you know, if the church doesn't want you there, move on. Amen to that. Hey, don't split the church. Don't uh, don't attack the name of Christ by standing up for yourself. That's dangerous. When it becomes about you, whether you're the pastor or the deacon boards, there shouldn't be a power struggle in the church because Jesus is head of his church. He has the power. Well, if that's the organization of your church and God's the only one who could fire you and that's the organization that you agreed upon by what I would hope you felt was the leading of the Holy Spirit, I think God did. I imagine – yeah, look, I imagine there are people who would – Sounds like we're kind of all leaning in the same direction. I imagine there are people who would disagree with that. But look, to me, if you're the pastor in the church, Captain Crunchy is having some uh, difficult issues over here and <laughs> slamming stuff. You all right? <laughs> I'm okay. Okay. I, I think if you're the pastor of the church and the church makes it clear, either the, the you know the, the the governing board that's in place. I mean, you knew who the governing board was going in. They don't, if, if they ask you to leave, look, that doesn't, that's not even you saying they're right. That's just you saying, to me, I'm not going to defend myself, and in that case, God will take care of you, and, uh, and, and in the end, quote-unquote, show who, who was in the right and who was in the wrong. So I, I put a lot on leadership there, leadership leading, and, and in that case, maybe leadership just needed to walk away. So our verdict is, if they're not drunk, they sound like they are. <laughs> that may have, been, nice. may have been it. Bad situation. Bad. All around. All right, we got a game? We do. Um, I just want to go ahead and kind of preface this by saying um, the the website I got this from is BuzzFeed, and I have seen um, some interesting articles about um, they like to make lists of different things. And um, I have seen some about specific denominations and Christendom in general. The most recent one I saw, it just came across as a good game. Um, and this is, I would have no problem that this was Baptist, Pentecostal, Christians in general, but it so happens to be 24. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm sorry, right. I'm doing a buzz. 24 words Focus that have a boys. totally different meaning when you're Catholic. And so this is the BuzzFeed article. Hey, Nick at gospelfriends.com. <laughs> and so, so what I'm going to do. You're right. Hey, by the way, we love our Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ. Baptist, oh, straight up, Look, Methodist, Presbyterian. I have seen this list on Baptist, and I yes. have laughed harder than I did on on the this one. So we, we can make fun of any denomination, including our own. Absolutely. Um, and so, what I'm going to do is they have. Have you ever seen those pictures like lawyer? What so and so thinks I do? What so and so thinks I do? And then what I've I seen really those. do? Okay, so this is what it's a one word, and then what it means to everyone else, and then what it means to Catholics. Okay. okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with what it means to everyone else. And if you can't get it from there, I'm going to give you um, a half point if you can get it after the next one. Okay. And so first person to three points. All right. So we're just we're just raising our hand or buzzing in or. Well, who who was host last week? I can't remember who hosted the game last week. Me. Chase. Okay. So I'm actually going to let it go to Chase first, okay. and then that uh, sounds fair. Then to you. I mean, because you guys completely gang up against me. But go ahead. I'm fine. Crying a river. All right, so. I want to get some new deacons in here. <laughs> All right, let me find a really easy one for Chase. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Captain Crunchy needs something easy. Am yeah. I supposed to understand how the game works at this point? I'm going to read you a word. 
No, I'm going to read you their de- BuzzFeed.com's definition of it. And I say the word. Yeah. So okay. I'm going to give you the what, Pope. <laughs> what it means to everyone else. Wrong. Someone you never want to edit, make angry. Someone you never want yes. to make angry. And this is one word. Yes. And it's a Catholic word. Yes. Someone it's, you never want to make angry. I don't know. Mother Mary. Ain't. Do you want the what it means to everyone else? Sure. A female sibling. Sister. Yeah. Sister. Sister. There you okay. go. Okay. Chase gets half a half point. point. Half point. All right. That was sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where you try to spend at least one hour of your week no matter what, David. Wait. Where you try to spend one hour of your week no matter what? Yep. Mass. Bam. Boom. Point wow. to David. I would have said confessional, but... Mass is pretty Well, good. that's because you have a lot going on that you need to talk about. Yes. <laughs> All right, here you go. An hour may not cover it. <laughs> here you go. You can take the lead here. The time of year when you determine what addictions you still have some control over. Uh, <laughs> oh, seriously? Come on, I bro. don't know. My, my Catholic uh, ecclesiology is weak. Wow. I know. Um, Your best friend. Lint. There you go. Your best friend uh, deserves this, okay, dude. You, I mean, there should have been a timer there. I was being right. chased by the defensive He's end, and give with the two seconds left, I lofted it into the end zone for a touchdown. To you, David. An evening spent trying not to fall asleep at midnight mass. An evening? Uh, Saturday. <laughs> and also, a night spent eating delicious food and opening up presents. Christmas Eve. Bam. Tied at a point and a half each. Okay. All right. I'm actually going to let these next ones go. Please hold. This one's going to be tricky so we can just do this for fun if chase objects too much um what your mom throws into your ribs when you fall asleep during homily what your mom throws into your ribs when you fall asleep during homily her elbow bam elbow so chase has got two and a half off the top did y'all get that rub like ribs that's nice like you're cooking on the grill you're a funny guy david okay you're a funny funny man i affirm you he's at two and a half i'm at one and a half yep we're going to three Yes. Okay. Engaging in a 17-prayer penance because you royally messed up. Confession. Bam, we're tied at two and a half. Boom. All right. I got you, Thompson. We'll see. McConnell. <laughs> this one. <laughs> well. All right, the next two are difficult. Always leaving room for the Holy Spirit, Chase. Always leaving room for the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, celibacy. What it means to everyone else, an organized event where dancing occurs. Um, I, I don't know. Dance. Oh, dance. Yep. Yeah, really? That, that wasn't too hard. I would I like know to that show was a Catholic you all word. the graphic for this. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty. We need to put that in the show notes. If I, okay. if I remember Make to. that the album mark cover this week. <laughs> all right. So this, to me, I can win. <laughs> wow. When you dance, leave some room for Jesus. So dance is a Catholic word? Go ahead. Um, all right. We're going to leave that one alone. A beautiful language you hear every Sunday that makes no sense to you at all. Oh. Homily. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. No. I was just kidding. Can I steal this one? No, you can't. An old romance language. I, uh, what? Spanish. Say Spanish. Spanish? <laughs> In your face. <laughs> 
Chase, I'll give you the opportunity. Latin. Yeah. Oh, it's Latin. Gummit. So that was actually, he won. Yep, he won. All right, Chase, your topic first. Oh, yeah. It's time, everybody, for a new segment on the Gospel Friends. This is Theology Nerds, where I give you a 60-second or so overview of something that will only appeal to the nerds and geeks and deep people out there in Christendom, and you comment on it. Also known as what we are in real life. Yes. Up first, from our good friend Justin Taylor, writing at the Gospel Coalition blog, which one do you say, guys? When we're talking about the uh, early church father, do you say Augustine or Augustine? Augustine. Augustine or Augustine. 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 I started out my life saying uh, Augustine, but of the last few years, I've noticed that more and more people are saying Augustine. Here's what we get from Justin Taylor's blog. Most professors these days, including David Horner, who is a uh, biblical and theological studies professor at Biola University, keep it under control, guys, says this. As we have seen, Augustine's, or Augustine's Latin name is properly pronounced Augustinius. No, with the it's not. <laughs> emphasis on the penultimate symbol. There's a big word for you, the second to the last. Penultimate's an app. Uh, the penultimate <laughs> si- uh, syllable. Therefore, oh, the, the pronunciation of Augustine preserves that accent pattern. Your comments, gentlemen, having been proved wrong in your understanding of early church fathers. I really like the penultimate app. It's Now they're owned by it Evernote, is, is, and it integrates really well. It goes right in it's to nice. Evernote. It's nice. That's my comment there. Next topic. <laughs> what hey, is uh, okay? I don't think that's the dialogue Chase was hoping for. What kind of yeah? What kind of dialogue you want us to give off that? Next topic. <laughs> we have we have uh, fallen uh, right into his from web. The Washington Wait, do y'all Post. say do y'all say Polycarp or Polycarp? <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I say of Polycarp or Chester. Dwarf. Okay, it is. Look, it is Chester drawers. You are the only person under God's green earth that says Chester drawers. No, it, it sounds like some sort of. No, I, it is. It's, all right, next topic. It's Chester drawers. No one in their right. No one. No one says, "Hey, would you go get my keys? They're on my chest of drawers." Everybody says. No, they chest say, of "Hey, drawers. will you go get me the keys off the Chester drawers?" Look, after the show, you go eat at Crystal's and, and go to the Walmart and do your little By the way, whatever it is. When you're shopping when, for your Garth Brooks album. Country Boy Eddie. When people things. commented that they wanted us to go deeper, this is exactly what they were talking about right it's here. It's precisely. <laughs> All right. Demographically, the your Washington friend. Post this week uh, said that uh, posted a map of the second largest religious tradition in each state. Christianity is still the largest religious tradition for every state in the union. I'm going to let you guys guess what the second largest religious uh, tradition per state is, starting with our own. What is the second largest uh, religious tradition for Alabama? For Alabama, other yes. than Christianity? That's right. How about, um, let's go with... Uh, Jehovah's Witness. Uh, for purposes of this discussion, offshoot denominations like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, etc., falls under the umbrella of Christianity, although I would disagree. Okay, well then I would go with um, Muslims. Islam is correct for our state, for Georgia, for Florida, for Mississippi, and for Texas. Um, and let me ask you this. What about California? California. Um I'm going to go is probably not Islam since we're not talking about. How about Buddhism? How about that is a good guess, Reverend was, McConnell. You I got was going to go with Eastern. Yeah, 
Buddhism is correct. Hey, really, do y'all know of uh, around here, Alabama, do y'all know of uh, like a, a mosque? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, there's several. One. Really? Okay. I yeah, just didn't know 65? that. I would have I actually – I, I would have been – I actually saw an article regarding this is how I knew oh, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to guess – Multiple uh, multiple mosques around here. My old high school, Shades Valley RLC, which once was the number one high school in the United States of America, uh, has been converted. The school itself has been converted to an Islamic study center. I did not know wow, that. Wow, I didn't know Okay. That. Yes. All went downhill after Chase Tennessee. Life. Nick, your guess. Be careful, Alabama fan. Really? Don't disparage the Tennessee listeners. Tennessee. You said Catholicism is going to be lumped in with Christianity. It's lumped in with Christianity. Say Hinduism because they have all the cows in Tennessee. You didn't want me to say something disparaging? Oh, oops. There you go. Um, yeah, sure see, I would, I would have to go with, with Islam over. Yes. The answer is, in fact, Judaism. Okay. The only state in the South where uh, – well, Arkansas is also um, – oh, no, no, that's Missouri – um, I can't read the map. It's not labeled. So the only state in the or south uh, that is is not Islam is Tennessee. Interesting. And one other, and this will be my last one, South Carolina. What is the second religion there? And by the way, you're not going to get it. I'll give you $5 if you do. It's a uh, – what are Native Americans? What are they? Uh, their various animistic religions if they're not All right, we'll go with that. Uh, good guess. The answer is Baha'i, the Baha'i religion. What is that? Well, okay, you devote us ten dollars. It's very interesting, worth googling. It essentially is a uh, conglomeration of all religions. Oh, so, so it's universalism. It is similar to universalism. I actually went to school with a, a girl who was a Baha'i. Um, it is similar to universalism. Has a uh, favored teacher, that sort of thing. Hey, I want to. Who did this study? This was in the Washington Post. So the Washington Post lumped Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Christians, all and Methodists. Ha <laughs> ha! That's just a zinger for our Methodist friends out yeah, there. Yes, because you this used to actually uh, pastor at a Methodist church. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Back in the day, Reverend. So we so they really so they lumped um, <laughs> yeah, Jehovah's Witness and Mormons in with Christianity. Yes. I, that's interesting. You know, we somebody asked me, uh, somebody actually commented who was listening to the show the other day and, and said something about me not liking uh, Glenn, Ble- Glenn Beck. And I, I actually said I don't dislike Glenn Beck. I actually uh, have no problem with Glenn Beck and have listened to his stuff before. And uh, I don't really have any great or negative feelings toward him, positive or negative feelings. But uh, I don't like the fact that he calls Mormonism just an offshoot or another denomination of Christianity. But it's right. interesting that the maybe a secular newspaper or secular uh, writer well, is it that they lumps lump the, all of that together. Indeed. Is it not because it, in those religious traditions, um, Joseph Smith, for instance, gave a, a further revelation of Jesus? Yeah, Jesus is in those things. Jesus is with Jehovah's Witness, but he is... Well, they ultimately point back to his... They do affirm his deity. They just... Well, no, they, different prophets. They, Jehovah's Witness um, believed that Jesus was created, not uh, I believe not. Uh, he was not born Again, son of God. He was he was a created being like the arch uh, the archangel Michael, and so. But I'm just saying from a casual observation because Jesus is quote unquote involved in all of those things. Well, and he is a I messian. He is the prime messianic figure in those. Correct. Uh, well. Even though he may not be God, I don't know. You can make to me. You can make the case with Mormonism that um, 
Joseph Smith is. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But, you know, uh, look, there would be people. I'm, I'm not I saying I agree with people, them. I'm just trying to figure out how people. Yeah, people within them. any of those religions. I think Jehovah's Witness and Mormonism would, would they point to Christ. And I, I look, I'm not even going to go as far as to say there's not uh, actual Christians well, with the, who are within those uh, who are within those uh, umbrella of those religions. But I'm saying the teaching of those religions, the well, teaching of Jehovah's Witness, the teaching of Mormonism is an anti-gospel. Well, and that's where it, it's tough because, and it's been a long time since I've studied Mormonism, and a lot of the, and this is just admitted in my own family, a lot of my, my information about Mormonism was other Christian teachers talking about it. But I remember when Mitt Romney um, was running for president. You know, I just wanted to do a little bit more research um, and kind of dove into their website and their their website is very it's very easy to say it sounds a lot like what we would all oh, look it does say and it, so that's it what's it does but i think that's what makes it dangerous I, oh, look i'm not we have a bigger discussion on that one day but i think that's what I think makes we should. it dangerous i think for we're those ha- who wanted us to go deep okay well we're getting there i, I would say um i yeah. would put we're only in four feet right now i would put is um, mormonism jehovah's witnesses etc outside of christianity proper i think we're moving to a place in the united states of america where liberal christianity is going to become a completely different religion uh, from biblical Christianity. Look, right? I, I completely agree with that. <clears throat> Last one for church nerds, theology nerds. This is this is a little interesting. We're going to get into some theology here, my brothers. Conrad Mabiwi, I hope I'm pronouncing his uh, name correctly, is a Baptist Reformed brother pastoring in Africa. He's actually in Victoria Falls. This is a, a gentleman I have a, a lot of admiration for. Uh, by the largest Christian population continent in the world is Africa, with uh, something like 400 million people claiming to be Christians uh, in that entire continent. Um, Conrad Mbiwi has written an article essentially saying this, charismatic teaching in Africa and in general is breeding spiritual havoc. This is what he says. As a church, there's an elephant in the room that we seem to be failing to see, namely that this scourge, and the scourge he is talking about, is pastors defiling girls, impregnating female church members, swindling church funds, causing the deaths of congregants by advising them against medical treatment, Mm -hmm. etc., He says this scourge is almost exclusively among our charismatic friends. Notice I said almost exclusively, he says, so put those guns back into their holsters. He says, for every, I agree that once in a while you hear of a pastor in other Christian circles being guilty of these misdemeanors. However, for every one of these pastors, there are 99 charismatic pastors wrecking spiritual havoc. Am I the only one seeing this discrepancy in numbers on the two sides of this fence? And then he asks a very provocative question. He just frames it as a question and tries to make it clear that he's merely framing it as a question. But he simply asks whether or not charismatic theology necessarily lends itself to heresy. Now, what do you guys think about that? Does charismatic theology necessarily lend itself to, his, to heresy? No, because charismatic theology is not heresy. Charismatic theology is 
what we call charismatic, charismatic actions, theology, whatever you want to call it, is clearly taught in the New Testament. Now, um, I've heard some very interesting um, thoughts and theories from cessationists, um, none that have won me over yet at this time, but um, in terms of some of the things he has on his infographic here, signs and wonders, speaking in tongues, um, those things are in in the New Testament. Um, now, I, I've heard some compelling arguments that those were used by the Holy Spirit to establish the church, validate the apostles, things like that. Um, some of this other stuff that he's tying to it, um, you know, I, I am a I am appalled that it's happening, um, but I don't I don't think you throw out the charismatic teaching because you've got idiots who are using it to manipulate people for their own gain. All right, help me out, Greek Master Chase, Captain Crunchy. Oh dear, Charis is grace. Grace, grace. yes. And so charismata is that uh, grace gifts, essentially. Essentially, and so um, the charismatic theology, the idea of the gracious gifts of God and spiritual gifts, um, I believe, is a right teaching in in the Word. I am not a cessationist. I am a um, continuation is so I believe that the spiritual gifts are still for today, all of them, uh, in, including um, speaking in tongues. I think that is a valid gift. I don't think that is something that everyone uh, does. I don't think that every gift is for every person. And so I push back on people who say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, if you know you have the Holy Spirit, it's because you have done this particular gift. Because yeah. I don't think everyone. Um, engages uh, or has every gift. Uh, so I, I, I'm with Nick. Is that I think there are parts of it that's that's right. Now, here is probably in in my experience, and uh, maybe in more mainstream America here, the charismatic theology has diverged into t- kind of a uh, popular uh, uh, pathway that many people call the prosperity gospel. Um, many people uh, in uh, ascribe to that and the, the the belief that yes, we are basically little gods and we can name things and claim it and create things and God ultimately desires for your health and your wealth and if if you aren't healthy and if you're poor then it's because you don't have enough faith. You see a lot of that line of thinking in more uh, modern, uh, quote-unquote, charismatic churches. And you also see in some of those churches more of what um, maybe controversially, controversially people would call the king pastor model, where you have one guy who, who doesn't really answer to anyone else. That one guy is the guy uh, who is in charge of everything and kind of um, uh, lords it over the congregation, if you will. And doesn't answer to anyone, and what he says, you know, often it'll be called a title, bishop, and or, or something along those lines, reverend, and and uh, what he says goes. And so that, uh, you know, again, in my experience, more charismatic churches are run that line. I'm not saying True. that it's not in Stephen Furtick Elevation, Elevation Church, a Southern Baptist church, would be an exception. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not in other churches. I'm not, and I'm not saying other churches don't have those issues. I'm just saying, in my experience, that's some of that's some of that 
some of those problems. And and uh, look, there are, from what I understand, missionaries from that line uh, that are going into some of these countries and starting churches. And uh, and what they're trying to do is, you know, some some of the churches in these poorer countries think that, hey, that's ultimately what this should look like. Big churches, a lot of people, lots of money coming in, and and that's what church is about. And I think that's I think that's dangerous. Um, so ultimately, his question was, does it necessarily uh, create this problem or cause this cause these issues? And I don't think it necessarily has to. I don't think that charismatic theology. No, at its core of what it's supposed to be would not necessarily cause those issues that he's talking about. I can see why someone would would think that. Well, this is this is what he says. He he's he says I've been told on many occasions that when I lump the bad guys with the good ones under the umbrella of the charismatics, I do a great disfavor to the good guys. I should perhaps use the term prosperity gospel preachers or health and wealth preachers in order to point out who the bad guys are. And then he gives two reasons why he is lumping all charismatics together. And this is where I I, I find I'm a listening. real struggle with this. His first reason is this. He he says, why is it that almost all of these heretics are being nursed in charismatic circles until they are weaned and ushered upon the world stage as full-blown heretics? That's his first concern. And I would say, I, I would love to know a little bit more than just hearsay, a little bit more than, you know what, I guess 99% of the heretics in Africa are charismatic. I, yeah, I would absolutely. love a little bit more than just that for that. The second issue he brings up, though, is, is a little... Um, uh, more more in depth, he says. Secondly, I'm very concerned about the failure of acknowledged leaders of the charismatic movement on the continent of Africa to address the matter, because to me it is a very serious issue. And so he's saying other charismatic believers in Africa who maybe do hold to biblical theology are not challenging the prosperity gospel preachers and the health and wealth guys. So that's the two reasons he's lumping all charismatics into this this heresy, this gospel prosperity, this false teaching, this um, uh, abuse of women, impregnating women, having affairs, scandals, etc. He ends his article by comparing charismatics to Islam and basically saying that they're, this is very much the same thing that's going on. Uh, look, I... I don't. I don't know what he defines as charismatics. Number one, um, yeah, and, I'm not getting a clear picture. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know exactly what he would call charismatics. It, based on most definitions, um, although we have Baptist on our sign out front, people would call us a charismatic church because we believe in all the gifts of uh, of the of the Spirit. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily say we see all of them operating here on a continual basis, but we would uh, call. You know, we we do believe in all of those gifts and I mean our worship is more charismatic in in, in the term in the terminology that people use uh, today it is not more high church it is it is more uh, contemporary what people would call charismatic worship so I, I think it just depends on your definition what he defines as charismatic but some of those issues the issues he's talking about that again I'll go back to that king pastor model that lends itself to pastors having an affair because there's no one they're accountable to, no one they're letting into their lives about temptations and what's going on, and also this mindset that, hey, what I say goes, and, and you need to do what I say because I function as kind of the messenger of God. That's not clearly – that's not just a charismatic 
uh, issue or a charismatic church issue. That's uh-huh. happening in, in all types of churches. Yes, it is. Charismatic Especially mega market. churches. And so, yes. I, you know, but not just, I mean, small churches. No, it's too. happening all oh, over. I, and I don't, I don't, look, I, I, and I love how go after sell. the wealth, health and wealth guys. I understand, I wholeheartedly actually uh, uh, would agree with that. But Something that scares me about the small churches when the guys use it, you know, we're small in number because we're persecuted because we really uh, have. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't think that it's I don't, I don't know I don't think it's fair to lump the, all those in together I think he's okay. doing a, a disservice there I think he is too Here's my issue Back in the day before we understood that germs cause diseases For hundreds of years there was this theory about what caused sickness And it was the miasma theory In other words like diseases like cholera, the black death plague, the bubonic plague Chlamydia, sexually transmitted disease All of this was caused by bad air or night air, not by germs, but by air. And so they had different ways of dealing with it, but obviously it didn't fix the problem. I think Mabiwi, who is a believer that I really respect, uh, my problem with what he's doing is he's put his finger on the wrong issue. It is not charismatic theology that leads to this. It is aberrant, unbiblical theology. For instance, Don Carson is a continuationist. John Piper is a continuationist. Um, Wayne Grudem is a continuationist. I could list off dozens of names, and you see in their lives, and you see in their teaching, and you see in their doctrine that they're not on the trajectory towards the king pastor model, towards the sexual abuse model, towards the away from the Bible model. And so I think if we're going to decry heresy in Africa and we're going to decry health and wealth preachers here in America that are stealing from grandmothers, et cetera, which is something one of the one of the things this show stands for, we've got to put our finger on the right thing that's causing the problem. And I don't think it's bad air that makes you sick. It's germs, and I don't think it's continuationist theology that makes you a prosperity gospel. It's it's something different. Look somewhere else. Now, look, if your church, if a church has Got a, a setup, good hook to that later. If a church has a setup where you have one guy um, who's who's in charge and really doesn't answer to anyone, um, or, or really you know, e- either practically or um, on paper, doesn't answer to anyone, then you are asking for problems. You're, it's not, it's going to call it's not biblical. It's not a biblical setup to me. And uh, it's, it's just not, it's not, a, when I say that, what I mean is, and I'm not saying it's sinful and everyone's going to hell that has that setup. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that you don't find it in Scripture. You don't find any churches in the New Testament that we see that is ran by one guy. Quote, yes. unquote, ran by one Agreed guy. by that. It, it's it's you constantly see pastors or elders over churches, and so. But I just I don't think that's a charism just a charismatic uh, issue. Uh, I, I would I would look at any church that has has that set up and say you're asking for problems there, and I don't think you should go and replicate that model somewhere else. And so what you're saying is rather than the charismatic theology being the seedbed for heresy and sexual abuse, etc., it is a wrong governmental ecclesiology of the church. In other words, having the wrong form of government, unchecked, unaccountable leadership leads to those sort of things rather than a belief in the continuation of the biblical gifts of the Spirit. I, th- I think that's a bigger cause of the of the I think abuse, it is, too. That's where you shoot your missiles. Well, what happens is you a lot of these churches, you they are surrounded by charismatic personality, 
the the what has become the general term for charismatic personality, not just the the church word for it. But you have these guys with these bigger than life personalities that people are just attracted to. I mean, there was there was a local ministry that, that formed up here around a charismatic personality who had a great testimony, but it just you know the weight of the responsibility of ministry cracked that. There were some foundations in, cracks in that foundation. Excuse me, that. A, a multiplicity of leadership, like like we affirm, um, would have would have helped offset and maybe kind of um, shield from some of the problems that later occurred. Uh, yeah, give me thirty seconds on this, and we can be done. Rev verbiage here for a moment, but we look. The, the, if it only takes thirty, I'll be. Yeah, okay. Give me a minute. No, but I mean, I'm not. Look, someone's going to church right now that's of that type model. I, I am not saying. Look, this this is this is born of Satan. And everyone here's you know By going no to hell. What I am saying is it's dangerous. It's it's dangerous. It would be dangerous. I I struggle with pride. It would be dangerous for me to be a one man show. It, That's why you got me, bud. I uh, thank you. But I I am surrounded by people who keep me humble. But it is um, look. I need that. I, I I would be dangerous as a one man show. Any, any of us, the oh, three absolutely. of us at this table would be sure. one man shows, or are dangerous. Absolutely. And and if nothing else. Even pastors who are trying to do it all on their own, look at what are, what are the the stress that goes with that. I think ultimately can lead to affairs and can lead to uh, moving away from biblical theology. Yes. And so I just all I'm saying is that that's a dangerous, and and I think that's a breeding ground for. Uh, abuse and and um, affairs with with underage girls and, and different things like that. I'm not saying there's not sin involved in depravity, but I think that type of model where you have an unchecked guy is dangerous for anyone, even someone who loves Jesus can go astray. And and I, I think that's more of a uh, that's more of the issue in, in my mind uh, for those churches. Good job, guys. The last was best. All right, Nick. That's over to you for take it or leave it. All right. So I, I got a couple articles. We kind of I kind of uh, correlated, curated from the internet this week, um, and so I'm actually going to borrow one that's going to be hopefully a little bit lighthearted from our buddy Kevin in the Hall of Dogma um, to start. And so let's see. David lost the game, so I'll give you the first option on the article. Okay, go ahead. Um, here's here's my tag. Kevin and counting. Take it or leave it. Kevin and counting. Oh, I'm gonna take it. You know what it is. Yeah, don't I know you? what it is. See, that's the one bad part about stuff being in the whole dog. And, and I'm a fan. Of the, I'm are, a fan. Are you a? Oh I am. Bless. So, go ahead. I've never been on this side of the mic for take it or leave it. This is a new. Experience is it weird for me? It is weird. I look. I hopefully I do it. Justice. I bet I'm the only fan at the table. No comment. All right, Duggar daughter sparked controversy by posing in picture with gun. <gasps> um, this dun, comes dun, dun. from the reputable news source FoxNews.com. <laughs> <laughs> Nick just angered all the conservatives. Well, you don't. You're just assuming he was being sarcastic. Maybe you angered. I've known all Nick the for ten years. <laughs> well, he uncovered you, brother. Sorry, man. Yeah, I think that came as a shock to everybody listening on the podcast. Um, Jessa Duggar, 21, was photographed by her. Hold on, that can't be right. It says her boyfriend. Somebody clarify. I didn't, yes, she has a boyfriend. How does she have a boyfriend? I think she's aren't they engaged? They court. Fiance, they court. I think. Wait, you mean her her dad doesn't decide on her husband who she doesn't get to meet until they get married? Yes, they do, and he I believe actually helps set her up with this guy. So it's not her boyfriend then. It's it's, it's a guy that is courting. A boyfriend implies that it's she has a guy a that is a guy that is courting her. <laughs> Sorry, now Duggar fans, you can write to Nick Jenkins at J Nick. 
Keep on. I like the way they do it. I've, I like the way they do the uh, setup. Jessa was po- photographed by her boyfriend, Ben Seawolt, posing with a pink. You really want your grandkids to have that last name? Posing with a pink and worse. pink and true pink and black rifle. Well, you seen one? It had to be pink. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. So you wanted to take it, David. You've already seen. Um, you've already seen this article. Yeah. So I guess the uproar basically was uh, the uproar was that she posed with a gun. Is that yeah, that right? Apparently, yeah. Well, an assault rifle-looking gun, as Jason in emphasis the Hall of on Dog- the looking. Yes, Jason in the Hall of Dogma points out that it is on a uh, AR frame, but it's a twenty-two, yeah. so a varmint gun, squirrel gun. Yeah, I think this is um, just kind of ridiculous uh, that there's an uproar about this. Uh, I, we talked about uh, the the very first week on the show. We had a we we talked a story about one of the the mass. Murders yes. out in California, yes. and 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 the 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 dad who said it was laid at the feet of the congressman, and and all of those. And I, I think I spoke then about, look, I don't, you know, it's to me, it's not Jesus plus guns equals Christianity. <laughs> you can you can love guns or hate guns and be a Christian, and I don't know that we need to be making every gun that we are. Uh, but um, I said then in that show, I grew up. My dad was a police officer. I grew up with guns in the house. That is not what makes a person evil, having a gun. Uh, people are made evil by the by the fall. And so, I mean, this uh, – over an uproar because she's posing with a gun, I just – I mean, that's – I don't get it. I mean, the anti-gun yeah, some culture. Of the, some of the Facebook – and I guess her Facebook is – his or her Facebook is open for comments, um, which can – I, can I give you all a little bit of social media advice, Miss Duggar and Mr. Seawold? Um, please shut down your – commenting on your post because everybody in the world can see this and they're having a field day and y'all should be able to have your own life um somebody says they cannot do a front hug or kiss but it's okay to hold up an assault weapon for giggles yeah we know how powerful facebook and other social network tools are and this sends a strong message each their own apparently not but when in the public eye especially one of the duggar girls it is her right to do as she wishes but come on guys this is not tasteful Okay, I, I don't, I don't. Th- those two things have nothing to do with each other. I agree. The fact that they can't give a front hug and kiss is that has nothing to do with holding oh, it gets up a better. gun. You uh, wanna, uh, do you want the rest? It's yeah, going to go get ahead. better. Go ahead. While I believe in the right to bear arms, I can't believe a Christian would send out this photo because it's fun. If you want to be an adult, act like one. See again, I you, doubt her parents are proud of that picture. Okay, here's her parent. They never watched the show because they have guns, and her dad takes them shooting. Well, that's uh, in 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 the episode. <laughs> yeah. So um, look, I'm coming off as a real Duggar Mark right now, but I, I do like I do like the show, yeah. um, and uh, and and happen to like the what. They stand for on the show. I don't agree with everything yeah. they do on the show. There, there's some things they're they're pretty restrictive in a good way, and they're pretty restrictive in a way that I go ah. To me, that's a little much. Yeah. But uh, you are this is this is marrying this is marrying your politics to Jesus. Either way, mm-hmm. the people who say, "Well, you've got to love Jesus and be for gun control to be a Christian," are people who would say. I can't believe you would claim Christianity imposed with a gun. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. The guns are neutral there. there there's yeah. no. I don't. Uh, I think you pointed out some of the disciples carried swords apparently, and two, okay, or and, stole them and used them on people, and used them. And, and I think was were rebuked by Jesus. They were for rebuked. 
But obviously, Jesus didn't rebuke them for carrying the sword. No, no, he didn't. Well, but to your to your point, and then, and here's where look, I've or he never didn't know. Maybe they were maybe they were um, going. Uh, maybe they they had their um, concealed sword permit, and Jesus didn't know they were carrying it. <laughs> look to your to your point. Um, I, first of all, I've never watched 19 and counting. I think that is the proper name of the show. Um, there are probably more I agree with in their their parenting style than I I sound like here. Um, a lot of my was picking at Kevin for fun because I know he's he's a fan of the show and I love Kevin to death. But um, you know, to to the credit of the article, and I think our our friend Jason who commented as well, um, you know, some of these people were freaking out. Her holding the gun, he's like, yeah, she's holding it just right. She's got it in a ready position. It's 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 not pointed at anyone. It is safe, and her fingers off the trigger because she has no intention to fire. It looks like her dad raised her to use the gun just right, which apparently the family. It's a twenty two LR long rifle rifle. And another guy was like, "The only thing wrong with this picture is it's long rifle." Seriously, do you know how hard it is to find that ammo? <laughs> and their family has they they hunt to eat, um, and so this is you know as much as he was trying to make it her look tough. It yeah. is a practical thing that their family hunts to eat. And so, you know, for her to have this picture. So, David, you lumped the controversy. Yes, I lumped the controversy. I think it's, I think like it's, a, non, it's a non-controversy. I got you. Let me let, – I'll throw this out. I will say this. This is a provocative picture in the yeah. sense that in this day and age uh, of all of the, the gun issues that are going on, et cetera, if a celebrity is going to pose – with uh, an assault-looking rifle in a picture, it, you have to understand it's going to garner attention. I'm not sure it was the wisest thing to do. That may be absolutely. I'm a gun guy. I believe in the Second Amendment. I own guns. I, I'm cool with guns. And swords. I am not. Uh, and swords. Uh, I do not believe that every gun law is a bad law. Uh, I'm not one of these guys that, that thinks that everybody should own an assault rifle. Uh, I have kind of a nuanced view on guns but you got to understand this is a this is a provocative picture now that said I, I think the controversy surrounding it is overly dramatic so I'm going to give it a lump maybe a slightly less much of a lump than David because you've got to understand when you post something like this it's going to cause some tongues to wag you just posted a picture a few days ago of yourself holding up a large fish you'd caught on a trip. Well, I was hoping to of You understand that would be there. a controversial picture for all the PETA. That would PETA yeah. people out PETA. there. I did release that PETA, fish PETA. for Good our man. PETA friends in the audience. Yeah, okay. So how about me and my kids? Um, there's a local establishment that does discounted smoothie cups in the summer and so, you know, we'll periodically go get these ICES, Slurpees for different parts of the country and um walk in, get our get our Slurpees. Slushies, and we're going to pay for them. And big as life, there is a what looks like a common citizen because I could see no badge um, exercising his right to open carry in the gas station. Well, and I was like, "It is Alabama." It, he and it, he's full within his right to do so. I just don't see it a lot, and so it was like, "All right, cool." Nah. Yeah, uh, look, I, just, I think it's a non-issue. Yeah, it just it, it just you know it was one of those things. That it going back to the show thing. I mean, that always oh, yeah. that look that always raises eyebrows. Yeah. Well, but I've you know I've always supported people's right to do it because it's the law is that you can do it. But when I come face to face with it, my kid's right there. It's all of a sudden okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm with you. Um, still don't you know disagree with it. All right, Mr. Thompson. Yes. Um, this uh, clue is pretty direct. Rachel Held Evans. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that. I'll take it. All right. So I will say um, her post does not have. A date on it. 
Okay. Um, and I, I couldn't really find a good date that it was posted. The article she is responding to um, was from somewhere in 2012. And so you all may actually have read this when it happened. The Jared Wilson article. Yes. I am familiar. How did, you, how did we come across it? I don't remember. Is this Jared with an I or Jared with an E? Jared with an I. There's two Jared Wilsons on Twitter that are pretty popular. I believe this is Jared with an E. Okay. This is is, that's yeah. the pastor from New England. Yeah, he also did Jared the foreword C. for Chandler's two most recent books. Yes, yeah, that's, that's uh, Jared C., I believe. Yes. And so um, the title is The Gospel Coalition, Sex and Subordination. Yes. And so you know what you're getting yourself into. Um you know, I read this article of hers a, a couple of times, and um, it starts off, Patriarchy is so old, so old that the writers of Scripture included in their creation story. And can I tell you that the article stopped me right there um, because she pointed out the writers of Scripture rather than God. But I'll go on because you're taking this article. Um, she goes on to say that the teachings and example of Jesus point to a new way of healing, equality, and mutual submission within, within male and female relationships. Um, so she does not oppose complementarianism, but makes a distinct uh, makes a distinction of the complementarianism of different groups, such as the Gospel Coalition and found uh, Bib- uh, a council on biblical manhood and womanhood, and the hard patriarchy of groups like Vision Forum and the FIC movement. I'm not familiar with the last two of those. Specifically, she takes issue with an article of, uh, maybe it is Jared with an I, Wilson from the Gospel Coalition. And I, I could not find this, but it's the polluted waters of Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, like I said, couldn't find it on the site. Um, but it sounds like this guy is specifically um, pushing back on the book Fifty Shades of Grey, which I have not read. But whenever um, one of my, my wife's family members did read it, and um, she's at an age that her reading it concerned me. I did utilize the Google and kind of bookspoiler.com and, and sites like that to kind of get a better look into the specific subject matter of the book. Because I was just afraid it was one of those old school dime store romance novels that just this one had caught on like books do. And the content of this book made me very uncomfortable. I remember um, it was, y'all remember the old Faith Today? Um, we did a Faith Today commentary where there was a there was a group of hot- hotels overseas that was replacing all their bibles the gideon bibles yes. with the 50 shades of gray book well and, and like i said you know i'm not anyway for for the family member who was reading it it made me very con- concerned because to me it does not promote a in any way a, a biblical view of the sexual relationship as it should occur in any any capacity, not to mention that it starts outside of, of marriage. But what Miss Miss Held Evans more takes issue with is that um, you know Jared Wilson and, and then I believe it's Douglas Wilson that yes. he quotes from um, affirm the Ephesians five man is head of woman woman you know not yes. yeah the, comp- Husband, the traditional complementarian view of, of a marriage. Husbands head of the household in a not in a lord over but a sacrificial leadership way, um, and she points to uh, mutual mutual pleasure, mutual authority, mutual submission, and mutual respect. Um, in, in her article, she notes um, she is not advocating for BDSM in her defense of Fifty Shades of Grey, um, but at the same time, um, it just seems like there's a lot of discrepancy in her. 
conversation. All right. So am I liking or lumping uh, Rachel Held Evans' position? You got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lump it with some nuance. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, Douglas Wilson's book – that, that, There's a lot of depth in this article. Yeah, yeah that Jared Wilson was quoting from. Uh, the book is called Fidelity, What It Means to Be a One-Woman Man. Uh, I agree with much of what Douglas Wilson wrote. The, the paragraph that Rachel was taking issue with said this. Uh, when we quarrel with the way the world is, we find that the world has ways of getting back at us. In other words, however we try, the sexual act cannot be made into an egalitarian pleasuring party. Mm. A man penetrates, conquers, colonizes, plants. A woman receives, surrenders, accepts. I'm going to go back to what I said about the uh, Jessa Duggar, Duggar picture. Um, that is a provocative paragraph. Yes. And, and, and there's a couple, you know, you can take that several different ways. And, and so I can understand where a woman would read that and, and focus on that word conquer and say, you know, I'm not sure that conquering is what God intended for sex. And I would say in most senses, I would agree with that. I'm not sure that conquering in the sense of the word conquering, uh, as we have a historical understanding of it, I'm not sure that that's what, what is meant there. I am a complementarian. I, I believe in different roles for the sexes as outlined in the Bible. I think Rachel Held Evans uh, raised uh, a good issue with this. And a couple of, I mean, a couple of weeks later, Jared uh, Wilson actually wrote an apology on the Gospel Coalition blog. And um, it was a well thought out deal. And then Rachel Held Evans actually wrote back a conciliatory post as well, thanking him for apologizing. So I think Rachel overreacted. I understand a reaction. Slight lump. Uh, I don't. Um, I haven't read enough of the article, I guess, to and maybe understand it to really like or lump her comments. I'll say that um, you know I. I, and it may, to be fair to Rachel, it may just be that I, um, most of the stories that I hear about her or find, uh, you know, that she's kind of involved in are usually controversial stories. But uh, I do follow uh, Jared uh, Wilson on Twitter um, and actually find him to, to be someone who lifts high the name of Jesus. At the same time, he's not afraid. I mean, he doesn't pull any punches, and he says things. He can say things at times in, in a way that may be seen as provocative. And um, but, but Rachel Evans, it seems like, is always pretty quick in the middle of these uh, issues that involve um, complementarian or egalitarian uh, uh, controversies and uh, – uh, you know, it's it's usually you know she's usually blogging about those things uh, and blogging about the, the the women issues and I don't know I, I maybe there are articles and things that she writes out there that are are strictly theological and lifting high the name of Jesus but um, it just seems like she's always in the middle very quick to jump on anything that remotely looks like a um, a, a, a uh, egalitarian or complementarian controversy, and yeah. and I, I don't, you know, I almost think you can get just get so in tune and so sensitive to that area that you're just jumping on everything about it. And uh, look, she strikes me as as uh, leaning left on <laughs> uh, in terms of um, the the stance of scripture and the authority of scripture. And uh, and I, again, I don't want to judge. 
another servant. I'm just saying that that's how it kind of comes off with her. I think that's a fair assessment. And uh, that's, that's always a little disturbing for me. Kind of, I'll use this to kind of end around, and then we'll, we'll move to another, um, like it Olympic if we have another, another minute. But um, later on in the article, and I want to be sensitive with the, the, the words I use next, and so I, I'm not using them lightly. I'm not using them to make a point. I'm, I'm actually quoting from the article. Um, but, you know, she, um, this article kind of raised her ire. Um, she was wanting to talk about it. I'm presuming based on this article that her husband's name is Dan, um, and she admits that um, she was venting about all that last night. Um, some of the, the talk, the conversation about, you know, Doug Wilson's conquering um, and how it sounds like rape. And, um, and, and he said back to her, remember, rape isn't really about sex. It's about power. This all goes back to what you've been saying from the beginning. It's all about power, not sex. So focus your post on that. So he's, he's kind of trying to guide, you know, where she's, where she's talking about. And in this need for power, this lust for power and how, um, you know, it reminded me of that, the article that you mentioned, po- Chase, about the gentleman saying that these charismatic leaders use their influence, their power um, for, for selfish gain. And it just it, it hit me um, that what we did. But, you know, what she went on to do is, is say, so what can we do about this? And, and anytime somebody uses that language, so what can we do about this? That is that political rallying cry where you are drawing a line in the sand and, and separating people. And I believe, look, s- sex is a huge piece of life, not marriage, not Christianity, of, of life. It's, it's how two people who are bonded together for life most intimately express themselves. And so I am hyper um, cognizant of that. Whenever stuff like this comes up and it becomes such a, a dividing line, it just it just really scares me. And, you know, Driscoll caught so much ire for real marriage and the fact that he just bluntly talked about sex. And when, you know, I jokingly showed the picture with the, the Catholic thing earlier about save room for Jesus, that thing, that picture didn't make me laugh because it was Catholic. It made me laugh because I remember my Pentecostal church youth group trips, you know, in one of our trips, they tried to separate girls and guys in different buses because they were afraid of us sitting next to one another. And so, you know, I just, I'm scared of the way. I don't actually have an issue with that. I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm not saying I have an issue with it, but the way that so many people just avoid the topic, like it's not there, like my son can't like. Just pretending my son, when we go to the Lego store, can't doesn't see the five billboards three times taller than him of virtually naked women. And so that the church tries to remain silent on it scares me. And that the voices talking about it um, lean so far left, in my uh, view of Miss Evans, um, concerns me. So no. that's my... 45 cents on it. Um, we've got a couple more take it or leave it. We'll, I'm going to throw in one just because I know this will be easy fodder for everybody. Um, I really don't have anything other than the, the title of the article. Ch- David, this is to you. We hate church too. We hate, we hate church too? Too. T-O-O. Also. Uh, yes, yeah, sure. We'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, so basically there is this church marketing Edit stinks.com. Um, 
this apparently this is a company that tries to help churches with their marketing, make it better, more appealing, um, reach more people. Um, saw a story that caught his attention where a church launched a campaign that says we includes billboard that says we hate church as usual. Um, of course, he says, of course, the message is that church has something different. This church has something different. And for those that are disenfranchised by the church, they are doing it in a way that will prove you wrong. And he actually kind of end around it on churches and basically said, I wonder if this indeed reaches those who have left the church or if it just reinforces some of the reasons they left. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. I, I, please stop with the we hate church too. <laughs> we're against church as well. We're not the churchy church. Come here because we're not like church marketing stuff. It, it's it's just it, – look, I <laughs> – Something told me that he might have something David to say Platt, about this. David Platt, pastor in Birmingham, has one of the best lines on this that I think that I ever have ever heard. He's, he's talking about um, people who say, I, I love Jesus, but I hate his church. And the church is described in the Bible as the, the body of Christ. Um, bride. The bride of Christ, the, uh, the 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 body of Christ, and and so you know he's talking about how like would you ever you know would you want your spouse to come in or your wife to come in and say hey I I love you but I, I hate your body I love you but I hate you know I mean it's uh, here's here's the thing it's uh, Jesus loves his church Jesus died for his church Jesus. Uh, died to redeem those uh, who make up his church, and so the, these marketing campaigns that are we hate church just as well. You know, we don't want to. It, it's it's um, look to me. It, it's it's hating on a very biblical concept. I get the fact that there are things that happen in churches that are wrong. I, I get the fact that there are things that happen in churches that are. You know, you hear horror stories about people who come in and, and they look poor and, and no one pays attention to them because they're wearing dirty clothes. Well, if that's really happening somewhere that someone's not, ex- quote unquote, accepted into a church because of the clothes they're wearing, that's uh, that's absolutely shameful. But the church is made up of broken people. And so it's there are things in this life. It's going to be imperfect. But to just go out on this all out campaign that I hate the church when the church is what Christ died for, and the church is 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 so biblical, I, I don't know that we quote unquote do church the way the New Testament shows that they quote unquote did church. But but the bottom line is, I would not be comfortable doing any campaign that is an "I hate church too" campaign because the church is very biblical. The church is what Christ died for. Christ loves His church. Agreed. I lump, lump negative that. campaigning in the church, and I don't have to comment much more. Safe than that. money was that. All right, there you go. Well, I think we're to. Uh, where are we to? You, bud. Are we to me? Uh, You're yes. the last week's loser. Oh, I thought we had something in here. I'm sorry, guys. Um, someone help me out. What you're thinking of is oh, the I fail see. of the week. Yeah, yeah fail. Do we have time for the fail of the week? That may have just been what just happened. Nah, fell. We usually do a dude check it out segment, and uh, so we were, uh, you know, we've done a couple of we we've done this uh, cereal this cereal deal Virgil's uh, Cola Virgil's Cola. We've got a little uh, 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 mixed feedback on our dude check it out segment, but uh, you know, hey, at the same time, we've enjoyed it. So can't we just the do some things because we like it? But anyway, this week instead of doing a dude check it out, we thought we'd do a fell of the week. We had uh, so we'll try to do this quick, but we uh, 
we had uh, a little thing that I've been calling uh, the, the this, cider, apocalypse cider apocalypse of 2014. So essentially, all I know this morning is I get here to our church, the home church of the Hall of Dogma, GodPayPenson.com. I, I, my son comes up to me and says, hey, Daddy, this uh, – this apple juice is burning my throat. And I looked at my son and said, young young boy said, hey, it's probably because you're not used to drinking it like that. You, you're used to drinking it with water in it. Go put some water in it. It'll be okay. So that apple juice should burn is what you're telling me. Uh, look, it, just, not watered it, made down sen- it made sense to me. Just sure. go water it down. He eventually came back and said, hey, Daddy, the water didn't help. But I soon became aware of a, many small children running out of the room to – uh, the bathroom, and uh, so apparently, bottom line is we had some rancid apple juice that was put out on our breakfast table this morning, and uh, and and several children drank it, and several children gagged over. Well, it. lest anybody think we're irresponsible here at the Hall of Dogma Church, um, that apple cider did expire in two years. Yes, it did. So uh, I'm still curious as to what exactly happened. Uh, Something now, tells me you will have an answer to that mystery soon, too. Well, I, I carried the bottle home to do some testing in the uh, See, Captain Crunch right, lab. Can I just say that, like, okay, among us, among us, I would probably take a situation like this with a uh, probably the, a grain of salt. Like, the, I would care about it the least, probably to the detriment of small children. Um, the person who would take this the hardest, probably to the you know, point of us never serving apple juice again would be Captain Crunchy. Uh, but someone in the middle would be someone like Mr. Jenkins here, who uh, decided that he would test out the apple juice and drank a glass of it. Well, look, I like apple juice. Yeah. Okay, calm down, Sparky. Yeah. Don't. Right. I like apple juice, and of the beverages we had this morning, lemonade on a Sunday morning, which, you know, you do you. Um, I was going to have some apple juice. Just we had the little little church coffee cup sizes, and I and I had a sip of it. And whenever I have a cold, citrus will kind of burn the back of my throat sometimes. And so um, I just kind of went, all right, maybe I'm getting a cold and didn't realize it. And then you know, I kind of look in the bottom of the cup, and there's stuff kind of floating in it. And I rationalize this by going, well, sometimes juices will have. I, I was and I guess I was thinking orange juice with pulp sometimes, and I and I kept kind of. Drinking later, Lisa told me that sometimes cider will have things floating in it. But um, needless to say, that I drank about half the cup of apple juice. I'm like, I'm I'm done with this. And then all of a sudden, I, I start to see what you're saying is kids run to and fro, and they're like, the apple juice is bad. The apple juice is bad, and it just it was it was a little bit of chaos about the juice from there. Um, needless to say, I I channeled my inner eating disorder, threw up, and felt better. Oh, you you barfed? Really? Oh yeah. Wow. It helped. Well, way to downplay, uh, David, the greatest mass church poisoning in modern history. Um, Look, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that there were, you know, I just wondered if, hey, do we have, I mean, it was small children involved. Do we have a little bit of, oh, yes, we're all going to be sick now together. Am I going to make a little, what do, you, what do you call that? One person gets sick and the next person gets sick. Because their friend got sick. Yeah, the stand by me uh, vomiting kind of thing. <laughs> if you remember oh, that movie from back in the my. day, uh, Daddy, uh, this poison is burning my throat. 
do you A, say, <laughs> drink more of it, just add a little water, or B, say, oh, my good heavens, let me help you, son? Okay, look. Parenting pop quiz Obviously, for you. obviously. Okay, yeah, but here's the no, thing. Here, Your here's flip the thing. side of it wasn't... Let yes. me help you, son. It was no. somebody called the EMT. Someone called nine one one. Yeah, right. Look, I'm again. I'm call nine one one. No, I you am, were fourteen seconds away from calling. I protected the innocent. Look, I am the With one my saying, shield of justice. I'm the one saying, "Go suck it up, son. It'll be fine." Chase is the one calling. Um, poison control. So nobody called poison control. You thought hey, who'd about you it. guys have in the you Argentina Bosnia World Cup match? Bosnia Argentina all the way. Oh, it's Chase. Mm. Two to nothing. Bosnia Herzegovina, easy for me to say, scored an own goal. To uh, uh, in other words, they scored a goal on themselves. All right, hey, look, we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple of uh, show changes here real quick because we are running long, and I think uh, we had a, a segment this week. I wanted to do a story about whether or not uh, fairy tales. And encouraging imagination yeah, in children, like that. the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, and believing in fairy tales, does that help or hurt a child's belief in God? I think that's a really good discussion, and I think it's going to take longer than we have time left today. So why don't we push that to next week? And uh, what I, I am, defer to you, Reverend. Yeah, let's push that to next week. I am going to ask a question from some listener feedback, um, and um, this was from Angry Code on Twitter. Angry code, angry underscore, angry underscore code on Twitter. Let's make sure people. I'm going to ask you guys to give an answer to the question, but let's do it about 30 seconds each, as concise as you can. Last week we were talking about plagiarism, and a part of that plagiarism, part of that plagiarism discussion, got into the sermons outlines that you could buy, that pastors could go buy, um, pre-canned sermons or pre-canned sermon outlines, and I believe that uh, Captain Crunchy over here. Uh, talked a little bit about, hey, look, if you're a pastor and you don't have time to put together sermons, that's, that's, that's such a huge part of what you're supposed to be doing, feeding the sheep. Angry Code on Twitter asks, on canned sermons, should we also expect our youth and children's pastors not to use canned curriculum, or is that different? So uh, everybody, 30 seconds on it's that. It's a very good, clever question. I, w- I want to say I think it is different. I don't know what verse or authority I can point to. I think it's okay to have systematic sort of uh, material to teach children through. But I think stealing – not stealing. I think using other people's material to teach and not doing the uh, – well, and and not doing the work of getting into the word yourself, I think that can lead to staleness in sermons. So I, I do think it's different, although it's difficult in thirty seconds to articulate why. Nicholas, I I, I grieve myself with the articulation or with the justification I'm going to use, um, but with the, with children's curriculum, it doesn't um, it doesn't bother me as much as it does with adults, uh, pastors of a a church at large wholeheartedly believe that the canned sermon thing doesn't have a place. If, if you're reading through a book and it just hits where your church is and, and you want to use that as an inspiration and you properly acknowledge that and then you use that as a, a launching pad to talk about things, no problem. Um, same with a youth pastor. If you're reading a book and it's just you know your your flock and you know what's hitting, you know, hitting heavy with them, and this book can directly kind of speak to that, and you use it as a launching pad to start your study, not – those chapters to be your teaching, no problem with that. But something about <laughs> look, I've I've been a children's uh, church <laughs> worker, um, going with a diplomatic statement there, and you know the 
what all you got to do to kind of keep kids zoned in for that that long? Having some kind of preformed ideas and and skits and and stories and activities and things like that that doesn't bother me as much. What I would what I would hope is that you have um, someone shepherding the children's ministry, shepherding that curriculum um, with with the workers, kind of ensuring that um, there's a clear. Yeah, gospel there. That there's a gospel message there. I, I happen to think that um, look, I I have been a children's pastor, I have been a youth pastor, and now more of a teaching pastor of adults. I personally think that youth pastors and teaching pastors of adults, uh, adult pastors should um, should write their own material and write their own sermons. I base that on just what Scripture shows, that uh, that's your job, to feed the sheep, and that you should be, to me, you're working with teenagers, young adults, you're working with uh, adults, you need to be feeding them. Why would I make the exception for children's ministry? couple things. Number one, I think the primary teachers of children are their parents, nope. and so yeah, no I, I think that more I'm concerned about what the parents are doing at home. I don't think it's unimportant what happens at church, but... Just because you're a good teacher, I don't necessarily means, mean think that means you're good at connecting with kids. And I think kids learn on a different level and in a different way. And I think having some people who can write some creative material that helps teach children deep theological truths, I think is a good thing. I don't think everybody has that ability. And so if you can find someone with that ability and you can use that material while you're teaching kids, I don't have a problem with that. But I think when it comes to young adults and adults, the, the whole game changes. And, and I went over my 30 seconds. You well, always gonna, have a funny definition of thirty seconds. Chase is the only one. Captain Crunchy's. The oh, only look! One. I knew it went over my time. All right, you got. We're gonna we're gonna end today on uh, really bad church names. You got something? I want to push one thing back on you. Why? Go ahead. Sure, you do. Go ahead. It is what it is. Um, if if fathers and parents are the, are the shepherds of their home, um, why is it okay for the children's ministry to kind of softball it for you know to use a cynical term? Because parents are supposed to be teaching, but parents aren't supposed to be teaching their youth. That's fair. Look, you can, you can push back on me there and say that parents should be teaching the youth. I think they 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 should. Uh, you know, parents uh, have that responsibility to teach their children. Um, and and you know, what, look, what age? You know, to me, that's as long as they're in your home, they're under your authority. So yeah. I, I would really rely on my second reason. That's my primary thing. Is that I, I think it's okay. I, I think children and reaching children they learn in a different way i'm not saying they can't learn from just listening to a preacher teaching at all i'm just saying they learn in a different way on a different level i don't have a problem with with having that material canned for the record i knew what david's answer was going to be i just i I imagined people would would think the same thought i just wanted to have that info in the answer so flipping church of god what do you think of that I'm excited about this segment as we close the show. All right, bad church names. So we asked for some really bad church names on Twitter this week. On our and we received at them. My Gospel Friends on Twitter. We asked, what was the worst church names the, the, that you have ever seen or heard? And so that's what we're going to end today with some of these really bad church names. If you have some really bad church names, hit us up at My Gospel Friends, and we'll try to bring them up at a... Uh, at another time. So we we got a couple of responses at Justin Montsema, I believe, perhaps I'm saying that right, M-O-N-S-T-M-A, gave us a couple, including Embrace Church. <laughs> That's just pretty silly. All right, would y'all go to Embrace Church? Embrace? <sighs> uh, 
I would struggle with that. All right, look, it, no, no offense to. I would say I go to the church that meets over here. I may not call it. All right, go. <laughs> All right, embrace almost embrace. It almost sounds like you were trying to too hard. Yeah. yeah. Yes, little, I agree. A little too, little uh, too hipster hard. there. All right, how about uh, he? He also gave us another one. Our Savior's Lutheran Church, which he just mentioned. Hey, our Savior wasn't Lutheran. <laughs> yeah. Zing. Uh, look, I, uh, I, yeah, I've heard that critique from Baptists and other churches too. But the Jesus Baptist Church, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, how about agape? Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> the problem with agape is everybody mispronounces it. Look, agape, 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 yeah, agape. We didn't name the church we attend. Uh, we thought about changing it, but cha- that sign is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Well, and and there were some people who really liked wow. the name for the, um, uh, for the. Uh, oh, it's a good word. The history it's just it's Greek, Greek, and we're American, it is. It's, right? It's, it's a it is a Greek name. We're not even American. We're American. From Todrhodes dot com. Todrhodes dot com. Todd has some uh, really bad church names posted, posted including Flippin' Church of God. Flippin' F L I P I N. Please tell me that's the name no. of a town. Okay, someone uh, Google it. Even if it is, you don't name your church that. But, okay, flipping, flipping church. Where do you go? We are from flipping church. Okay, which is better, flipping church of God or the church of I am that I am? See, that's very so, theological. Look, that is really theological. But I, I, I mean, I think that's almost in a two inside baseball kind of way. I mean, the church I'll of I am that I am. Okay, but I the just, next one. I just think that one. I don't know. I, I just think that one's almost too. I hate I hate to do the church marketing thing, but maybe a bit a bit too churchy. Uh, a bit. Someone would push back and say, "Oh, you don't want to be biblical." No, it's not that. It's just superlapsinarianism. First Church of Theology. Halfway Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they do have an elder as their pastor. We're halfway there. Halfway Baptist Church. Halfway. They've got a theme song. I wonder how they do things there. Uh, <laughs> how about the? Where are they halfway to? The exciting Singing Hills Baptist Church. Now I happen to notice here here that um, the exciting is in quotation marks. The exciting, quote unquote. Look, if you have to call yourself exciting, yeah, it might be the awesome Chase Thompson <laughs> is here. I mean, if you're if you're having to point out to people and really stress to people that you are exciting, that could be uh, it could could be a sign to you that maybe yeah, that's you're not. a problem. The exciting Singing Hills Baptist, at least they're not boring. Well, the one that Neil Cole, <laughs> this is going too well for you. Uh, the one that Neil Cole posted as his favorite is probably mine too. The original Church of God number two. What? Yeah, that's no. that's a real church name. Wait, Original who, who church of God, no, no, number no. two. Who posted that? That's Neil Cole at cole lawblogspotcom All right, and it was what the Church of God. Original Church of God, comma number two. The Original Church of God, comma number two. There was boring UMC. Lovers Lane Episcopal Church. Again, see. Well, I hope both of those are the name of something like. That church is on Lover's Lane, or they're in Boring, okay, Colorado. If you're on Lover's Lane, you don't name yourself Lover's Lane. Unless well, they preach I'm a lot of Song of Solomon. I don't it's know. not the name of a city. Hell for certain church. <laughs> That's in Kentucky. They've okay, got to be reformed. Really? Republican Baptist Church. I don't even know that. Republican Baptist. 
Yeah, it's Get a little political. Done. James Bond, United Community Church in no. Toronto. No. <laughs> yep. Are you really? serious? Yes. Is that the name of the community or something? I don't know, but it partners well with St. Martini Lutheran <laughs> Church in Milwaukee. Maybe they could have some sort of a brother-sister kind of sister-church relationship. How about oh my uh, goodness, the apple juice is back. Accident Baptist. <laughs> Accident <laughs> Baptist Church. Not if they're really. Someone, someone quoted, obviously not Calvinist. Hey, obviously oh. not. Hey, how about one from our very own backyard? I don't know if they're still around, but I've always wondered about the name Doctrinal Studies Bible Church. <laughs> hey, I'm all for doctrine. I'm all for Bible. I'm all for studying the Bible. But uh, that's kind of the opposite of the exciting Singing Hills Baptist <laughs> Church, isn't it? You know, again, I, I, at least you know what they're about coming in, apparently. That's true. Yeah, probably so. Little Hope Baptist Church? Uh, that's <laughs> That's just depressing. <laughs> Or another church called No Hope United Methodist. That's you know what some of these churches are doing? They are justifying the name of that guy's website, by the way. Uh, yeah. Hey, look. Um, yeah, the church marketing one. Yeah, indeed. The church market. Yeah, they are. Um, heart, uh, Battleground Baptist. <laughs> Hopefully it's only spiritual. Uh, how many churches and probably the over the years would have fit that name? Every church, well, similar to that name, how about First United Separated Baptist Church? Are you serious? Yeah, it's true. See, I keep thinking he's making some of these up. I'm I, praying that he's making some of these he up. He says it's in Indiana. All right. Okay, th- I don't know if this one's I, – I would really like to look this one up. Boring Seventh-day Adventist Church. Adventist. Uh, this guy – huh? What did I say? Adventist. Adventist. Is that not right? I think right? you pronounce the D, Adventist. Adventist? Well, I'm not one. Hey, I love. I would love to walk through life – Knowing how to pronounce all the words so that I could correct everybody, it must be awesome for you guys. I but like according it. to it works well according to this guy that posted boring Seventh Day Adventist Church, um, their pastor is Elder Dole. That's just okay. okay. No. It's awful. No, Look, is that is that real? Uh, it can't be. Well, it's on the internet. Uh, well, that makes it real. Hey, one of the commenters on Neil's site said this, uh, a little country church near Day, Florida, Corinth Baptist Church, like you really want to be named after the Corinthians. Let me say this. That's not so bad. The one that really blows me away is also a Birmingham oh, church and all say. around Sardis yes. Baptist Church, which <laughs> is like one of the most dinged churches of all in, in, of all in the scripture. How do you name yourself Sardis Baptist Church? No offense if that's your name. I, well, maybe you've not read it. Maybe you've not read that letter in Revelation. Well, you'd have to have not. I mean, that's like Laodicea Baptist Church. Well, I mean, I don't know if there is such a thing, but... That's the last one you want to name yourself. Hey, we're Sardis be, the second. We're to preaching last. on that one next week. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this one. First Church of the Last Chance World on Fire Revival and Military Academy in Dade City, Florida. <laughs> All right, we're glad you tuned oh my in. Gosh. To, what is that in Forsyth, Georgia? There is a Laodicea Baptist Church. Is there really? Citizens of Forsyth <laughs> unite and do something about this problem. Now we do sound like Rachel something. Held okay, I would like don't to don't break the law, but do something. Contact us if you go to Laodicea Church and please explain the thought process there. And don't expect it to go well, have, because <laughs> we are going to give you a hard time. For have that. you? I mean, hey, look, maybe they're trying. What if you had named the repentant Laodicea? That would be Church. better. Something like that. We we got it right. We repented. Wow. We I, got I cannot it right. imagine a worse name. Look, okay, naming... shoveling poop Baptist Church is a slightly worse name, but not much. Okay, but that's Did not a real really... church, is it? I would hope not. 
Look, I naming naming your church has got to be hard, second only to naming your podcast, and very very clearly we're the masters of that. But uh, well, at least we didn't end on the layout of seeing dudes podcast. <laughs> hey, that might have went. People might have. Hey, I got to check these people out. I got been a little. I'm drawing. What? Well, all right, that's we really do need to go the over Hall it. of Laodicea from now on. So the Hall of Dogma. <laughs> Please no. The long-winded podcast might well describe us today. I'm quite certain we're way into the red zone time-wise. Yeah, we are. All right. Next week, fairy tales and whether or not they ruin your children and other stuff. And some <laughs> other all stuff. great things. Hey, check us out uh, on our website, thegospelfriends.com. Join us on the Hall of Dogma on Facebook. And please follow us, especially if you're a Christian. That one was for you, David. On Thank our you. Twitter feed at My Gospel Friends. Yes. And if you are an atheist or a not a Christian or whatever, we welcome you and welcome your dialogue and your feedback and your voicemails, even if they're mean and snarky. Well, at least me and Chase do. Yeah, David might not, but he probably won't check, so you'll be good. <laughs> awesome. Good. See you guys. We're out.